0: Are we ready? I was born ready. Oh we got
1: all so true said My that voice way. broke. <laughs> the Spice Girls are on hiatus. All saints are in fighting. Girl thing never really were. It's time for the dawn of a new girl band. Made of sugar, spice, and all things thrice. Cause there's three of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love, I love thank it. you. Yeah. It's time to celebrate the solo careers of the sugar babes.
0: I love how you say "so careers." Should we just say the life's of the career of?
1: Mate, But then I'm gonna add reverb to that bit that I just did. It's gonna be very dramatic, okay, I love and then right, it will go straight that.
0: into the. D-duh d-duh. I planned this. I it just produced this vision. It's cool, guys. Keep going.
1: Fine, play the theme tune.
0: You're listening to Part
1: of the Pops, the podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, the Sugar, Sugar Babes. The comings, the goings, and the solo
0: careers.
1: Welcome back.
0: Hey, guys.
1: Hi. If you are joining us for the first time, where you been, girl? Uh, we are Pod of the Pops, a podcast dedicated to celebrating British girl bands in their united forms and getting justice for their oft-forgotten solo careers. Amen. We dig up the little pop fact nuggets you never knew you'd already forgotten. <laughs> Our first series was dedicated to the Spice Girls, a sprawling 17 episode epic. And that could have gone on.
0: It could have continued.
1: I've still got stuff to say. This time we are keeping it tight. We explored the best-selling girl band of the 90s. So this series, let's look at the best-selling girl band of the noughties, the Sugar Babes. Legends. Everyone thought it was Girls Aloud, but apparently we'll get into it. I'm your host, comedian Erin Twitchin, And once again, I am the English rose between two Scottish thistles.
0: Hello, I'm Lauren. And I'm Karen.
1: Like MKS, we are reunited once again, ladies. Indeed.
0: <laughs> so I've
1: shaken up things a little bit around here now. So sugar babes have somewhat of a revolving door policy. They do indeed. At least that's the joke constantly made. So we have seen four different iterations before they go back to being the original iteration. So technically five. Anyway,
0: it's complicated. We're going to we're going to walk you through it.
1: Exactly. So as such, each episode will be in two halves. So the first half, we will review the career of the band up till the departure or entry of a sugar babe. Um, And then in the second half, we will look at the solo the career of the returning or departing artist. Does that make sense?
0: It does, sir. Yes. Are there
1: any questions? No. Good. No. Because you all had the briefing pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the listeners, but that's not the point. Um, now, I feel bad, though, because this week's is Siobhan's episode. Yeah. So we'll do the beginning of the band and we'll do Siobhan. But she hasn't gotten the proper introduction. Like, we always do a little intro for them and we always do a little
0: yes.
1: song snippet. Yeah. So because this is the first one and, you know, I've just done a little intro, this is like an epilogue. Okay. Can we can we give her a proper?
0: Well, do you want us to sing for you or?
1: No, we're just, we're just gonna have a minute. Not a minute silence. That'd be an awful <laughs> oh, be she, She's popper. not dead. May she rest in. Well, I feel like MKR said. Ugh, I feel like MKS are dead at the moment. But you know, we await the revival. They revived once before.
0: I'm pretty sure it will happen. Yeah, post COVID.
1: So this is like an introduction, even though we have done an introduction episode was too long. So it's an introduction of the introduction of the introduction.
0: Okay. I hope like... you're all following that. Yep. Are we ready? <clears throat> I was born ready. Clear my throat.
1: And the chains so serrated and the proof. Well, I don't know. Do you? Will I ever lose these old Catholic blues that direct my shoes? Give me the strength to choose because it's time to celebrate the solo career of Siobhan Emma Donaghy.
0: I mean, those are dark and perplexing lyrics.
1: I feel like it's been a long time since I've been on stage and I really gave that monologue a lot more <laughs> than I would have done last year.
0: Listen, you got to make all the fun you can get in lockdown.
1: But, just, yeah. I really treated that as an audition. Yeah. I'm here for Sugar Babes, the musical.
0: Yes, oh you've my got God. that. Idea.
1: Actually, that is a good concept. Write it it down.
0: can't do any worse than Viva forever.
1: <laughs> please, <laughs> please. So let's take it back. Sugar Babes were formed in 1998 by All Saints manager Ron Tom. Can we just have a minute to appreciate the name Ron Tom? Ron Tom. <laughs> I'm assuming an abbreviation of something because it sounds like a Chinese menu item. It
0: does a bit. Like, yeah. I hear
1: Wonton yes, every hear time. That.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's slightly odd how they were signed. Do you know the story? <laughs>
0: No, only briefly.
1: Please tell us. So Siobhan and Mutia had both been signed as solo artists, uh, aged around 13.
0: How does that happen?
1: Well, Mutia had been singing, like, since she was, like, 8, in, like, yeah, competitions. You know, like, Britney and Christina, we always. Yeah. they were always doing these, like, competitions. And I guess it's a bit like, uh, maybe, beauty
0: pageants. Yeah.
1: There's not a lot out there about what she was doing there. But, yeah, she was singing and doing competitions and things.
0: And talent scouts will go to these things.
1: Plus, these guys yeah. are also... The sugar babes are super London. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's why
1: we're doing them now because I've moved to London and now I'm super London. (laughs) Um, So like we get each other. (laughs) Yep. So they would have been in London and like I suppose at the end of the 90s, that would have been where you got spotted. Mm. You know, you didn't have the internet. It wasn't like these people were recording on MySpace. Yeah. So they would have been going and performing, I Mm -hmm. guess.
0: Yep.
1: So they've been both signed by Ron Tom as solo artists and were performing together at a showcase. And he had them both in the studio at the same time, like recording on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Mutia didn't want to go to the studio on her own one day. So she was like, oh, I have this friend Keisha. Can she come? So Keisha came along. And I don't know, she was sat on the sofa eating biscuits or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he asked if she could sing. So she didn't miss an opportunity. She's belted something out, and he suggested maybe they could harmonise. Mm. And
0: would you not just love to be the fly on the wall, I like know. seeing the moment. three of them, that magic yeah. just escape? And I think he his. Eyes must have
1: lit up with pound signs. Money, 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 money. Well, <laughs> this is what I love about the Sugar Babes because I feel like with the Spice Girls when we did them, like the stories of how they forged and all of that, we've heard time and time again. Yeah. But I feel like the Sugar Babes is a lot to scratch beneath the surface. A because lot, yeah. I People like don't if, know. Yeah, if someone made a movie, I think you could be genuinely surprised.
0: Mm-hmm. So Genu-
1: f- genuinely. I know. I was just having a little flourish there. <laughs> He likened their difference in racial appearance to the United Colors of Benetton. That's what he thought was a like branding,
0: yeah, selling factor for them, which is quite different
1: and unique at the time. I think.
0: Yeah, like I remember as a teenager seeing those Benetton adverts and really liking that they were embracing diversity because at the time that wasn't something you saw very often it is no. it's everywhere now but like at the time no
1: no i think it's really important actually because like, so i have this friend james i grew up in devon which is very very rural. like i'm from a very country part and it was super white i had a, my friend james is half filipino right which muchier is Part Filipino.
0: Yes,
1: he really loved her because he was like she's the only person. Yeah. I see on TV that looks a bit like me.
0: Mm-hmm. So like that representation is yeah. crazy. And you wonder if, is that where is that representation now as well? You know when you it's Mutya still... who is still <laughs> she's still <laughs> going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But it, this is quite an odd origin story. This is quite organic, really.
0: It is, yeah. It just kind of happens, yeah.
1: And I think it's very interesting that it's an all—it's All Saints Manager. That it's that comparison mm, coming
0: yeah. through. Yeah, they were like it was the with them. It was they were the younger, and it was more concentration on the vocals. Was the it officials. All Saints? Yes, but I feel like there was much more of a kind of. The, the All Saints were all about the camo all about the, like, that was their look. You Attitude know?
1: and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: They were more in they were like a direct answer to the Spice Girls, weren't they? Yes. While as I feel like the Sugar Babes, they don't have like necessarily, uh, their look was much more casual.
1: It's not all about the look. I Lauren. know,
0: I know, but that when get you're putting the them to
1: look. get the London look. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Well, they originally are named Sugar Babies, but that felt a bit creepy creepy my skin crawls hearing it
0: yeah i mean they were babies but yes
1: they were and that's why yeah but they dropped the I and simon london records because they did think it was a bit puerile i feel like it's a bit like this with little mix as well i remember them saying before like little mix sounds really childish and they feel a bit like they've outgrown the name yeah you can't really change it now and be like mixes or something and i
0: bet simon co made that up
1: well, they were rhythmics, weren't they? but it was the name of a charity, and then they had to change yeah. and I'm pre- I don't think they've explicitly said, but I've seen things that hint that they were presented with little mix, and it was like that's yeah, they were told. I think yeah. they were a bit told. So they go into the studio as young women. I don't even think we'd call them women, would we? they were, they were children yeah, uh, and they are working and writing. So let's respect that for a minute. So they're working on their album One Touch. They have a co-write on all but one track.
0: I mean, that's impressive. Jerry didn't have that.
1: Actually, she did on her side She had on all of them,
0: didn't she? <laughs> I meant the Spice Girls stuff. <laughs> we actually have to remember as well. I feel like they... I mean, when I was doing my research, what hit me was the irony is... At the beginning, especially, they were um, compared to the Spice Girls a lot. Yeah. And But even though the Spice Girls had this much kind of, I don't know, younger... Very poppy, frothy kind of appearance and sound. The Sugar Babes felt more mature, but the irony is is that the Sugar Babes were much younger than them when they first started. This,
1: yeah, the sound is mature, um, but I felt more relatable because they were yes, our age. Like, yeah. I felt like I could relate to what our they were age, singing about.
0: Yeah. Well, they were my age. I think I am um, the same age <laughs> as Keisha. Yeah. No, I know, I'm joking. Just because I'm younger, I'm just trying oh, to get the
1: Get over it. <laughs>
0: Well, they... yeah, but do you think they were trying to prove themselves, though? Because they were teenagers, they wanted that growing up. You know, mm. when you're a certain age, you want to be older than what you actually are? Whereas yeah. the Spice Girls were just having fun at whatever age they were. Yeah, in their no.
1: 20s. The Spice Girls were proving themselves. Yeah. Like, as in they were trying to prove what they wanted to do and they wanted to take over the world. Yeah. Whereas the Sugar Babes, I think, were three girls they were asked to be in a band that were in the studio messing around creating an album not messing around but creating an album yeah. whilst yes. at school yeah. I don't think they were trying to prove anything they were not, making an they album they were just doing what they certainly wanted to do certainly not at this point yeah.
0: and you wonder if Keisha would have gone on to have a singing career if that was even on her agenda you know just the way she, the way that whole sort of concept came together
1: oh my god imagine the idea that 14 year old Keisha accidentally becomes a big girl band
0: I mean, that does She just stumbles into it. Like, she stumbles into a girl band. I mean, that
1: she's... makes me respect it even more.
0: I know. I love them.
1: Sorry, oh I sh- just stumbled into a girl band and became the last original member and just owned the platform. Sorry about it. Sorry
0: about it. <laughs> and ended up being the wealthiest. Oh, uh, wow. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> so they hit the scene musically in mid-2000 with their debut hit, Overload. It's
0: a tune, mate. It's a tune.
1: And it is seen as a little bit of a musical cleanse for the noughties. It's a
0: different sort of sound for that time. Angsty. Is that what you've gone with? And that's what I've written here. Kind (gasps) of like down tempo. It was a lot of like, see the like the stuff that was coming out of Bristol at the time, like Massive Attack and Groove Jet sounds like that. That were kind of quite like Victoria Beckham. (laughs) Well, that yeah, she wasn't. There's elements of garage. yeah, there's elements of garage there. So like, there feels like there's more and R and B, obviously. So it feels like there's more sophisticated references.
1: I think they might have been on the same label as Massive Attack at the time. I feel I like I read, read something that. there. Yes. Oh no, I think it was Siobhan. Yes, yeah, she stayed with London Records. Right,
0: right, yeah. And I mean, in reading all the original reviews for that album... Like, the critics love it like they're like wow yeah. this is so refreshing for the pop scene at the time like
1: it was a girl band it was cool to like yes write. it
0: was yeah. yeah and similar to like Portishead Yes. Those sort yeah. of that artists.
1: Yeah. And the video as well was very different, you know? Like, it's calm, it's relaxed, it's that green screen, mm-hmm. which is iconic, really. Yeah. Um, it's been copied lots of times. not saying they did it originally.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, just
1: changing attitudes, just playing around in front of the camera.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate they didn't go down the sexy route like they did with Britney Spears at 16. You yeah. You know, they, they, they've kept it real, as far as I'm aware. The girls... You know, probably wore what they wanted to wear, but it didn't make them look overly sexualized or, you know. Yeah. Older Looking than back, their years. I
1: think I see elements of it, but yeah, not at the time, and definitely not to that level, like no. not the Brittany level. But I reckon yeah. that's
0: the element they wanted for mm. themselves. Well, because the concentration just was on their voices and their harmonies, there was never a need to no. sell the sex on it. Well, it's oh.
1: funny you say that, actually. So there is a lyric change because there was a lyric controversy. Oh, yeah. Oh. So in the second verse, it did originally say... Can you in...
0: say it? <laughs> it <In> might... My... No. i
1: <laughs> 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 It's, the original was In my sleep I think of you Feather bed By myself
0: Okay oh, I think I nearly hit that note You yeah, really yeah, did Siobhan yeah. is
1: proud In
0: my dreams I think of you in,
1: Now it's changed to In my dreams I think of you In a bed By myself Whereas before it was In my sleep I think of you Feather bed By myself So it was like It was meant to be It's more sexualised
0: oh, Just like that S yeah. Just about A little bit
1: It's but mm-hmm. There was a change. So of course, fun. no one noticed though because the lyrics were so ludicrous that.
0: <laughs> well, train yeah. comes, I
1: don't know its destination. Why? Look at the sign, Keisha.
0: <laughs> I feel like they. You know she what? She didn't
1: have the train line app at the time. She that's didn't. why
0: they had to get taxis <laughs> <the next laughs> That's right. But I feel like. Genuinely, the lyrics didn't mean anything in the song because you were just like, this is like a cool groove, there's voice fantastic. It was the attitude. To be honest, who really knew what the lyrics were from hearing it? Man, the late 90s, early noughties, like there was crazy lyrics flying all over the place anyway, Mm. like just everywhere. What are you on
1: about, (laughs) Ziggy (laughs) Ziggy? So I want to talk about their first live performance on Top of the Pops. Yeah. I've re-watched it as I know you girls have as well. So these are young girls remember like 14 to 16 I think they are at the time. Mm -hmm. They look nerve to hell. As you would be like Top of the Pops was the Friday night programme at the time. It was It had a huge audience and it was the sort of pop platform. And it could make or break careers, I guess. Yep. The look in Keisha's eyes of fear but determination as Lesser. the camera pans on them. Blazer. And choreography.
0: I know, there we, is a little bit.
1: We get this iconic chair choreography. Yeah. Where they're sat... They're not on chairs, they're on like a block or something.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's leg switch. Yep. Head down. Leg switch. Head down.
0: Very melody. Leg,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... Slightly contrived, but I kind of love it.
0: Yeah, bless them. I, I mean, they were definitely doing something very different from what the other girl groups were doing at the time. Yeah. Because this was the era of proper, full-blown choreography. Yeah. And they were just, like... They were ma- marking themselves out as different. Low energy. Lower energy, just trying tempered. to be cool, you know? like. Well, I'm wondering
1: here, because in the bridge... Yes. They do... A key change chair
0: rise? They do indeed, yes.
1: Do the Sugar oh, Babes yes. predate Westlife? <laughs> Did the Sugar yes. Babes create the key change chair rise?
0: Can you imagine off topic how boring a Westlife concert would be? Oh my god. Every time you think the screaming that happens when they all stand up for the key change. I would Jesus say by Christ. the number
1: of times that they have toured and continue to make albums their fans are not bored when they're staring at Nicky's sweet sweet crotch. <laughs>
0: And if you think, again, off-topic of their name, Westlife, do you remember it used to be Westside and they had to change it? Do you know that? Uh, really? I do. So it used, I to be, I used to be Westside and then they had to change. But Westside, obviously, you might think of, like, gangsters and, like, you know, the right. western, east coast of America. The complete fucking opposite of Exactly. Them. What yeah. a fucking, like, parody.
1: <laughs> I mean.
0: <In> anyway.
1: <laughs> well, this performance does give birth to a dance move we will see for years to come. The Sugar Shuffle.
0: It's iconic.
1: It's standing on two feet, pushing your left or right hip ever so slightly to the sides with minimal effort and a look of complete distaste.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I think it's <laughs> it's iconic because it's always accompanied by what was the silhouette at the time of the low slung jeans. Yeah. It was all about, it wasn't about the waist, it was about your hip. It was about your jeans being real low, your belt.
1: What do you mean of the time? <laughs>
0: Let's just see, Aaron still has highlights in his hair, I mean... i <laughs> frosted tips, Okay. <again. laughs> Here's the thing where we really start showing our age, because see all of the looks that the sugar babes are wearing in these videos, in these performances, they're now all back! The youth of today are like, oh, Y2K style, like that's all <laughs> that's being sold on Depop, it's insane! Uh, so See, awful. this is
1: why I never changed my style. I knew it would come back. <laughs> Don't get ready, stay ready. <laughs> um, well, the song itself gets a really positive critical reception. Enemy call it hauntingly infectious with, while the Observer hail it unexpected class.
0: Ooh, I love it.
1: Generous, isn't it? Yeah. It debuts at number six and goes on to some European success. the number two in New Zealand. They become international babes.
0: They do, yeah.
1: To increase their profile and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decide. Slap it on a soundtrack.
0: Yeah.
1: Not just one soundtrack, two soundtracks.
0: Really? I don't think I knew this. Oh.
1: It features on the soundtrack for 2001 movie, High Heels and Low Lives. A movie about an underpaid nurse, Minnie Driver, and her actress friend trying to extort a gang for a million pounds. Oh. Thank
0: you, Wikipedia. There you go.
1: (laughs) It also appears on the soundtrack for 40 Days and 40 Nights.
0: Oh. Do you remember this? Yes. That was Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett stars
1: in a satirical, erotic, romantic comedy in which he attempts the Herculean mission of not boning someone for... You guessed it. 40 Days and
0: 40 Nights. Exactly. This film is now incredibly problematic, isn't it?
1: Plot twist, he fails.
0: Plot twist, it's possible that uh, it's male rape on screen. And it's made into a joke. So... Wow. yeah. Yeah she did not age well this she movie, did not, age well. Does oh, not but, age well but he did he did oh, oh he does he, he is Still a right Still and a half
1: so overload was also nominated for best british single at the 2001 brit awards which brings us to the first version of a new recurring game for series two oh. who wants to play the brits quiz winner game <laughs> Woo! So I will read you the nominees for a past Brit Award category and you must guess the winner. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Category is best British single at 2001 Brit Awards. So your finalists. All Saints, Pure Shores. What a chin. Coldplay, Yellow.
0: Mmm.
1: Craig David, Seven Days.
0: God, these all happened at the same time?
1: Robbie Williams, Rock DJ. Okay. David Gray, Babylon.
0: Oh, oh what a tune.
1: Maloko, time is now.
0: Oh, amazing tune.
1: Sonique feels so good.
0: Yeah. You want us to pick one of these? These are all stone cold bangers. Spiller Groovejet. Oh, that was around this time. And Top Loader
1: Dancing in the Moonlight.
0: Okay. Average song.
1: All Saints, Coldplay, Craig David, Robbie Williams, David Gray, Maloko, Sonique, Spiller, Top Loader.
0: I think it's Groovejet. I'm going to be controversial and say Craig David. Or it's possible that it was yellow. That was like when Copley were just... But I feel like David... Craig David won something. Yeah. Big at this time. I
1: think he won Best British Newcomer. Oh, okay. Because the winner is... I don't want to rock your boat, but it's oh, Rock no. DJ by Robbie song. Williams. I remember
0: thinking at the time, Rock DJ wasn't even that, like, that amazing, to be honest. <laughs> um. Of all his tracks. And if you look Oh, at- but the video was iconic, oh, where he got did the strip, and he naked stripped naked. down to the yeah. CGI. You didn't say sugar babes?
1: <laughs> no, because I said they were nominated, so you know they didn't win. Oh, I see. And I see. because... Yep. Why would I be doing this game if they weren't nominated? Okay,
0: okay. Shame they did not win
1: though. With the rules of the game, which Sorry, I didn't guys. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> While well, we're talking about Overload, do you want another pop little quiz question? Here is a deep fact. So Detective Aaron got on his monocle and magnifying glass and dug out this little credit for you. Ooh. Do you know which American diva had to later credit the babes on her album track after accidentally sampling Overload?
0: Oh, Sorry, how can you accidentally sample?
1: I don't know. It just happened. She sat on the track and Overload came out.
0: I think it was probably that the producer just sampled it and then they were like, oh, whips.
1: I think it's probably more like inspired by and now you'd call it like, so like if you take like Taylor Swift's "Look What You Made Me Do" samples, right? Said bread, Fred, it doesn't. Right? Said bread. Oh my God, Aaron's diet's got to him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lunch. Don't tell everybody. Bread on the brain.
1: Shame on me. No,
0: um, no shame. No
1: shame. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I. Um, I guess it's like that. Like so, that's credited to them, but really, it's just oh, they they were inspired by yeah, the drop and the yeah, beat, yeah. but now it's easier to credit than to get hauled into the court. Yeah, so right. did you
0: say American?
1: It's an American diva. Well,
0: oh, you diva. should That's know. Easy. Why are you so obsessed with
1: Oh no, it's not Mariah Carey. She samples with credits.
0: <laughs> um, oh. Was it Janet Jackson? It was not. Uh, it is someone
1: you've seen recently. <gasps> was it Christina? No. It was Christina Aguilera. What? What song? Makeover was originally Aguilera and Linda Perry. Then after release, they added the writing team behind Overload, including all three of the sugar babes by name. Right. So indeed, if you look on the Wikipedia, they're credited as songwriters. So she's
0: used the sample track?
1: The debate is over the baseline. Okay. I, and without giving credit to myself, Mm. I was low-key obsessed with the Strips album. Not even low-key, I was outrightly. And I remember that song thinking, well, oh, this is really like this girl band that no one knows of that I love called yes. Sugar Babes yep. track, Overload. So let me play you the two tracks. Okay, so let's just remind ourselves how Overload begins. How could you forget?
0: How could I forget?
1: Engrained on my minds. Yeah. Classic. Now let me show you how Christina Aguilera's makeover begins. Okay, the hospitality bracelet, let's just do something crazy. <laughs> Overload again? Makeover again.
0: Some it's, it's, ten- ten- it's tenuous. Do you think it's tenuous? I yeah, it's, it's not
1: exactly the same, but it's clearly.
0: It's a drum beat that's fairly like. Pro Tools. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. A, it's a drum beat where I'm like, you can, that is. I think it's probably quite generous that they decided to just smooth things over and say that that it was similar because. Okay, I can hear it, but also I can also think of, for one, I can think of like a Fat Boy Slim right. track that has a very similar like drum line.
1: Like, you didn't invent drums, Sugar Babes.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> what the hell? Like, <laughs> well, it made a
1: big impact on the stripped campaign. It, did it Apparently, it meant the song couldn't be released as a single or be included on the stripped live DVD. Oh.
0: So she performed it
1: in concert, but they didn't put it on the DVD because of that oh right okay who knew
0: see this is the thing about the industry is there's so many things like this that happen behind the scenes and you just don't know like and
1: that's why we do this podcast
0: well exactly you guys um but yeah that's fascinating oh
1: because I've got all saints tea that I'm gonna find a way to oh can't wait gonna write a bloody whole show about it and take it to Edinburgh yeah oh wait I can't
0: (laughs) next year darling next
1: year it's not coming back it's gone it's over it's
0: not over till i say <laughs> it
1: who's that from
0: i think it's from
1: 40 days and 40 nights
0: it's it from the notebook <laughs> it's from the notebook i, I think know, that's library. his real name the author's name Nicholas spark like do you think spark is, you know yeah. like love and spark oh
1: just... yeah praise a pen name eh? yeah
0: would you call that a pseudonym pseudonym yeah
1: like jk rowling uses oh. the name jk rowling instead of motherfucking turf
0: We'll, we'll cut that. We'll probably cut that. Oh, oh, probably. Allegedly. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to
0: say the thing about Robert Goldbreach. Uh, oh, no, <laughs> I knew, I knew where I was going. <laughs> that killed me. Allegedly, God, she will sue. She will? She will. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she no, said she, she said will sue. sue. She will sue. sue. I don't care. care. We what would she sue? I wouldn't
1: far. say no to the press.
0: Defamation. Please. No, I meant money-wise. I mean, she'd sue for India for you. She's Like,
1: I mean, if you're going to go down for something, calling JK Rowling a turf is she two. says no lies I
0: actually thought at first she said turd and I was like, <laughs> like what she's a
1: turf turd I,
0: although credit
1: to JK Rowling because I was not 100% sure what a turf was until she became one yep and it really helped educate me
0: yes Isn't thanks for doing that yeah oh, she been- trans uh trans excludes the radical feminist yeah but Thank a you. lot of people say that they should be called turds essentially because they're not actually feminists because they're not intersectional if your feminism isn't intersectional, it is bullshit.
1: I know that went over some of your heads, but we'll tweet what it really means. Yeah. Back to the best-selling girl band of the noughties, <laughs> the Sugar Babes. Yep. They come straight off the bat a month after Overload's released with the album One Touch. So this is November 2000. Again, rave reviews. Absolutely. I loved this album. I had it, and now I'm trying to piece when I got it, like after which singles. Yeah. Uh, I because I don't think I got it straight after Overload.
0: Mm. Yeah, I reckon... it was probably after Run for Cover, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because I reckon I got back it for then Christmas. you'd you'd see if the couple of singles that came out were good, and then you'd buy. It, then you commit to buying. The oh, album. I think my
1: friend Lucy had it, and she was like, "Oh, it's good," so I got it. Mm. Or I got hers. Maybe that feels like something I would do.
0: Yeah. What's really funny with the Sugar Babes though is that that original album and the name of them—it just doesn't quite gel, does it?
1: What, the name? One Touch?
0: No, it's no, in the name of the band. Sugar you know, uh, it's very bubblegum, and obviously that suits them further down this career. But I feel it's very like bubblegum pop, very young, sort of sounding. <sighs> yeah. You wouldn't necessarily put the two together. I, you know, in hindsight, I think you're right, because like when you listen to this album, it's much more of a, it's such a kind of urban, like R&B mm. sound, like it's so kind of, but it's also quite laid back. Compared to a lot of what was happening. Because you could kind of put the name into the bracket with like Atomic Kitten, who were, you know, eventually bubblegum pop stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of think, did it go well for their first. It was a. In hindsight, I think another more sophisticated name would have suited them, but they were so young at the time, it kind of. And the whole sense. sugar was Yeah, very cool. I suppose sugar sugar it, sugar it, ah. it was li- well it was literally like they were talking about like well, we've got the spice so now here's the sugar. It was like right. well, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. it was like a direct uh relation to the spice girls. I do not recommend trying to say Sugar Babes, Sugar Babes, into YouTube <laughs> or over voice with a Scottish accent. And oh no, the voice recognition and
1: bit could be too late to type.
0: Could me and Lauren just put a disclaimer in here first for any ways that we may pronounce the girls' names? It's in no way reflective of what their names may sound like. It's just that accents can be a little difficult sometimes yeah. to pronounce words. Also, just to clarify, we are actually two separate people because I've. I've heard that people have listened to this and thought we were one person because you can't tell the difference between two Scottish women. Anyway. I would also
1: like to clarify that I am two different people. <laughs> <laughs> certainly feels like that on some days.
0: Alter egos.
1: So it gets rave reviews. The Guardian called it a fantastic album that encapsulates the sound of young America with enough style, attitude, and originality to mesmerise. I mean, they're from London, but okay. How do I know they're from London?
0: Because <laughs> I live there now! <laughs> All oh, the
1: music uh, videos
0: are
1: shot there. Yeah. Oh, so much. Blatantly. Yeah.
0: Cheap, it? Oh, part of that's probably like they had to be at
1: school the next day.
0: Yeah, bless that's them. That's probably why
1: they're all shot at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Independent said, it's about time a half-decent pure pop album got released and over a dozen songs that jump playfully between upbeat R&B, poppy soul and groove-laden ballads. These three London schoolgirls have achieved it.
0: They have. High praise you know what like listening back to it now like it stands up so much i'm genuinely yeah. enjoying listening to it like yeah. there's some lovely harmonies there's some great like the production on it
1: that i yeah. really like that like early garage sound yeah that's like yeah. hinted at the front half of the album yeah um, and sometimes like promises as well like i think that's got that sound on it so well. run for cover as well yeah well it did not set the charts on fire It debuted at number 77. Wow. And flitted up around there for a few weeks. It does get, it does reach a chart peak of 26 in the April around the release time of Run For Cover. I think that's maybe when I got it, like yes. that third single. Yeah, and that yeah. makes it home.
0: it may explain why there was a low budget maybe for the videos. If, if the album's not charting oh, well. you're right. They're probably yes. thinking, oh, uh, they're... And, and then, of course, we know what happens after the album with yeah. the dropping the drop them. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, they're probably thinking, ah, fuck it.
1: Well, it doesn't do badly. It does certify gold, which means it sales of more than 100,000 copies yeah. in the UK. So yeah. that's not to be sniffed at. And it does get some success in Europe and Australasia. Like, they do take them internationally a bit. But you're right. Like, if what they're expecting is All Saints. Yeah. Then,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: You know, never ever this is not.
0: Yes. I mean, they were, at the time, the standards for, like, success for girl bands was at an all-time high. And so they were really expecting, like, money to just rain down. Yeah.
1: It's this girl thing time as well. Yeah.
0: The suddenly right. actors, post-Spice Girls, the the industry is suddenly saturated. Yeah. Let's not talk about girl thing. You can't do them. it anymore. I can't do it. What was her name?
1: Well, Lindsay.
0: Guys, she, I know we mentioned this in the last season. But, she's listening. Oh, God. Lindsay, we love you.
1: Well, she's pretty much. She can't afford the Spotify. Oh,
0: my so- God. So. <laughs> <laughs> working class my arse <laughs> so well
1: let's talk about the singles campaign for this album so we had overload and we talked a little bit about it the next song that we get is new year which comes out at christmas it's mm. technically a christmas ballad in that they say
0: yeah at christmas like yeah there was a mm-hmm. christmas mention and it's called new year which comes just after christmas wait Yes, well done. Oh, well done. (laughs) Wow. Such
1: (laughs) insights from Gibb. There we go. I don't feel like this is a strong second single.
0: No.
1: I don't feel like it represents who they are particularly. Mm. I think it's a great song. I think they sing it beautifully. Yeah. But I wonder if they're just off times a bit. Because obviously Mm. what they're going for is that Christmas number one.
0: Yeah. I'm guessing that's what the
1: the... Management of thinking. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know that you had ballads, like obviously we'd had those three Spice Girls ballads for number one.
0: Yeah. What well, would your choice f- be for second song?
1: One for In. Right.
0: Or. um Run for Cover should have just gone blasting in. Run for
1: Cover would have been a banger.
0: Shouldn't...
1: I had another one that I thought. Oh, same old story. Okay. One for In or same old story. Because they've got that garage beat. Yeah. They're a bit harder. Yeah. I think the girls said those were the songs that they preferred.
0: It made more sense to me because that was what differentiated them from the other groups of the time mm-hmm. so why are they going into ballad territory? Maybe because it's
1: not so young and
0: useful, and they thought it would bring in the young girl maybe, fans.
1: Maybe, maybe, yeah. So New Year is the next single. This is one of the first songs that Keisha ever wrote. So she got this new YouTube channel and she was talking about writing on one of the videos. So she said she used to write poems because she wanted to be a rapper but she didn't rap. But she wanted to write raps. And then she was convinced by one of the producers working on the album to turn it into a melody. Which sounded a bit, Jerry, I when I remember when I was writing this song, I remember when I was writing that song. But a lot yeah. less toxic. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a soft, regretful ballad that they put out for Christmas. Have you ever heard the B-side to New Year?
0: I don't know if I have.
1: It is so of the time. Let me play it. For music licensing reasons, we cannot play you the actual track, but you can find a link to it on our website, potofthepops.co.uk, or we will post it on our socials. However, if you are driving, this is simply not possible. So here is a dramatic reading. Time to turn up the fun, y'all. Fun, y'all. Sugar babies on the run, y'all. Run, y'all. They say that i'm too young to rave and my curfew is 12 but i don't want to stay inside while they enjoy themselves my friends are talking feel like i'm missing out bounce up and down with my older friends older friends the over 18s where the party never ends it's not like the ladies have got the problems so at least 19 they push in their bends (laughs) i'm so on hip
0: (laughs) it's very of the time it is. Very sort of Janet Jackson.
1: Very Mystique. <laughs> Janet Jackson is not where I first went with it. Mystique, I didn't think, but now you've said it, yeah. Who
0: were you saying? Um
1: I just think it sounded very young then. Well, it was like, very, very American.
0: Then, you would never it? know that yeah. was them. No way. If you did not know that was them when you put that on. But.
1: Yeah, so this is, I mean, it's a B-side, but it's obviously a really early cut. I mean, they're saying Sugar Babies on the run now. So, like, clearly, it's before they've even done the name change. Yes. So this is probably one of the first tracks that they wrote. So and they're made. still finding yeah. their
0: sound at this point. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think the beat overtakes their voice, their vocals on it. Like,
1: Oh, I think the vocals are quite clear. Like, like there's bits where the beat has dropped out, where they've yeah. got the space to sing on it, and you can hear, like, the runs I mean, and stuff.
0: Sa- I like mean, their voices sound great on it. It's definitely more of an in-vogue or Destiny's Child but early, early, Destiny's early Child,
1: Destiny yeah. Child Early Destiny shows. Bills, Bills, Bills.
0: You know what I mean? Well, even before that, in like first album. That first album,
1: yeah. So that was. <laughs> that song. I just had to play it. Because the lyrics as well are so. Oh, they're um, okay. Just because I want a boyfriend, would you start me? Oh, come on now. <laughs> <I know laughs> that's not what the lyric is. But it's like pretty much that's the Childhood. tone of it. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to the under 18 rave. That's... She says that. Oh, bless her. Oh. So it's in the Christmas chart battle. Released on 18th of December. So they are aiming for Christmas number one. That's what, not them, but the management. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know who was Christmas number one that year? So that was 2000? 2000. 2000.
0: It was Spice Girls, no? No, No, I think Um, it would be, would it be S Club 7?
1: It is Bob the Builder. What? That classic artist.
0: Imagine losing to Bob the Builder.
1: (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Well, New Year actually peaked at number 12. Can you imagine if that had happened to VB? She would have been dropped super quick. And yeah. that is that same time period.
0: But that's telling of what happens to them next.
1: True, I guess. In April, we get run for cover.
0: Which to, is a banger. To
1: obvious critical Love acclaim. Love it. Again, in live performances, we see the sugar shuffle.
0: Yeah. Like, great. Like, I've written oh. in my notes, great violin sample piano. Like, mature, moody. Violin? I just don't know my musical instruments. <laughs>
1: in my notes notes i wrote the sugar shuffle really
0: yeah (laughs) like actually with this song coming back to listening to music this was a song i'd forgotten i loved so much could we talk about the music video for this because the other videos have been a little bit forgettable but i quite well they were both
1: green screen weren't they whereas this they're finally shot on location they're actually
0: walking around Um, how beautiful siobhan looks in it just that, just sort of walking around with a kind of... Oh, just that she's that got her, her fur on. Purple. She yeah, is... She's ethereal. But I felt at this point you really saw how vulnerable they were. Because yeah. they're yeah. all sort of shot separately. I mean, do they do group videos? Not really. They're always on their own. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh Well, I'm sorry, the soul sound video. Um, we're going
1: to get to it in a minute.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but what I mean is they're not standing together, are they? They're all separate. Like you know what I mean It's all sad No separate. Karen you're
1: dead right They don't
0: no. They did
1: not As sugar babes With yeah. Siobhan Film a video Because yes. you never know
0: What height oh my she really is Because you know She's always at the Obviously back Or the front in, Or
1: sitting down In overload They are There are shots of like Two of them but they're like three oh, of them Oh they know there's the one shot Where they've all got their arms In the air yeah, In black and
0: white That's
1: right Okay but no They're not really is shot together Which for a girl
0: band Doesn't it Well it's all about like Their separate elements Harmonising isn't it
1: there might have been a part of it where Siobhan had maths <laughs> and Mertia and Keisha were in there filming it. Yes. And then Keisha had Spanish.
0: So <laughs> or perhaps the tensions Siobhan... were there from the start.
1: Well, w- nah. we're going to get onto that in a minute. So let's save ourselves a moment. Run for cover charts at 13.
0: It, I think it deserves better than that. I'm man. Well
1: better. Well, it does drive the album back up the charts, as we said. Yes, say. it does. So the um, it, you get an album peak here of twenty six, which isn't that bad. No. So it's a slow selling, but it's a, a steadily selling yes. at a slow pace. Yeah. You'd think after Run for Cover drives the album back up, maybe you would get a harder edge. One for In or Same Old Story. Like, if people haven't heard the album, it does make sense to do a fourth single that will give them a flavour of a new band. Yes. Yeah. Instead, in July, we get Soul Sound.
0: Oof.
1: Which is where we start to understand some of the record label
0: friction. I don't mind this song. Okay. Okay. I think it's very what we've had before from them in terms of singles. You know that just that smooth sound. But it's
1: more never New Year than it is.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, There's more like acoustic guitar there. It's like, yeah.
1: So. I have to correct myself because earlier I said there was only one track on the album that they hadn't written and I was saying that from memory and actually my notes say that there are three tracks on the album that okay. they don't have a writing credit on. Shocking aged age 50 new. No. Now let's have a moment to so that's <laughs> what the, the, the critics were all very mm. appreciative of. That yeah. These were real voices and that they actually had an input in the writing process which sort of of staggered them out as a different kind of band yes although all saints would have been like that although if, i think it was just shaz that was it was it was shaz like i call her that all the time <laughs> yeah. me and her are dead good mates
0: good down the pub oh no wait we're on corona oh, oh wait we don't know her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the, um, the friction comes with soul sound is they had no input on it at all so it was right. a song that was already written that was given to them to sing yeah So the story behind the song is this songwriter goes to Africa and she has like this really empowering experience and she's just, and then she writes this song. Was it soulful? It was soulful (laughs) and it was soundful. I'm sorry. The reason I don't like this song is I don't think it musically represents them very well. I don't think as vocalists they sound great on this song. I think it's the weakest of the album vocally for them. I don't think it displays their harmonies. No. Also... I know she's had this really like empowering experience from it, but lyrically, come on now,
0: right. Give us some. Hit me this with is it. weak. Sing it.
1: Like she she rhymes like I with sky, B with me. Like it just did it, the weakest. <laughs>
0: That's like Bob the Builder, lyrics. it? Right. Maybe
1: they learned. They were like, oh, Bob the Builder got to number one. Well, let's see. <laughs> Like what does. Patience, I will learn before this fire burns.
0: What does that mean? To be honest, even with the later on Sugar Babes lyrics, we could question a lot of them. What are you talking about? (laughs) My kiss. Caught up in the red dress. My kiss.
1: (laughs) You don't know about a girl, Karen. You
0: just don't. I don't. I don't. I'm just a pretty little thing
1: (laughs) that that makes you want to sing. Lyrically, I think this is very Desiree life.
0: Yeah. Okay. And The video is a bit weird again. They're all sitting in a room, not near each green other, green screen
1: probably, yeah,
0: yeah, and not acknowledging each other and not standing next to each other.
1: So, I do get it because, like, this is obviously an album campaign saver, and sometimes they do work throwing out a cold but purple, you know, like Atomic Kittens Hole again. The album hadn't worked, they throw out a different single, suddenly it
0: was yeah. the album
1: saved, yeah. yeah. So, maybe that's what they were going with,
0: yeah.
1: I just feel like this album campaign, singles wise, is isn't the strongest game. And you mm.
0: wonder how much input they were they out. Oh,
1: absolutely none. So they didn't like Soul Sound. Um, they wanted to go in a more R&B direction and they felt this was too pop for where they wanted to be. But obviously, by this point, what, 15, 16-year-old girls and a record label? Yeah. They have no say over anything. No. Maybe they chose what they wore. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, right, so there was a quote I wrote down here that I think I do agree with, that for talking about this album... Uh, so the quote is: "Even on ballads, they avoid sounding mushy. These babes can be bitter as well as sweet." That's I right. agree with that because Do you know where that's from
1: what? It's a really possibly you?
0: possibly the Daily Mail. Oh, uh, oh, that
1: fan fiction!
0: Oh no, but yeah, they were like it was the yeah, it was the Daily Mail. That's um, my Marvel's biggest oh, advertiser. Well, oh my
1: Marvel's biggest advertiser, the fan fiction site Daily Mail.
0: Yeah. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it so wrong. So do you know the soundtrack? In
1: order to make up for the lack of sales and to further the profits of the Sugar Babes franchise, management decided slap it on a soundtrack. Love it, love it. Yeah. It features in a movie, Summer Catch, in which Freddie Prince Jr. has sworn off girls to further his baseball career until he falls in love with Jessica Beale when he sees her mowing the lawn.
0: I am getting full-blown early Naughty spades <laughs> from that. Lady Prince Jr. Man. Wow. So I, I, I'm not aware of this film, I don't no. think. I don't know how... It sounds
1: very typical. It's very American. Wrong, team rom-com at the time. Yeah. Boy falls in love with girl for no real reason. Something changes. She, 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 t- gives t- up she something. took her glasses
0: off. Like... Her personality oh is, yeah. Yeah. um And yeah, of course, this was their worst charting single as well, wasn't it?
1: Yes. Either way, I think like it just... I don't think we got the strongest album coming. Overload, exactly the right single. Maybe Run For Cover or One For In or something could have come second. But I guess what they were thinking with New Year was, so All Saints were their big band before that. Yeah. The second single off them was Never Ever, right?
0: Yeah. And that
1: was a huge catapult. Mm. So maybe they were like, oh, slow, slightly different, ballady type things is maybe where it's
0: at. They want to show the different sides to them, I guess. So that's, you know, that was the formula of the time. Shall we
1: talk about what happens next? Please do. So there have been long rumours, even by this point. I don't know how much people were talking about the sugar babes here, but it was known that there were somewhat rifts between the girls. They weren't really talking to each other. They were quite distant anyway. I mean, we watched an interview earlier, didn't we, where Siobhan was saying, they hung out in the studio writing the album building the album that's how they got to know each other and you would always have had that big difference because Keisha and Mucha were friends from school like they were really close they knew each other loads it's almost a bit like us you know how you two have this huge long history and I just come in as the outsider and sometimes I bet when I go to the toilet you wonder if I'll ever come back
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying that you're the Siobhan in this situation (laughs) no I'm Heidi (laughs) (laughs) We got
1: born tired. Well, this... So, I've just given the getaway, away, but we all know, legend has it, that Siobhan couldn't take anymore. And while they're on a tour of Japan, doing promotion, she excuses herself for the toilet, and then does not come back for 12 years. <laughs> 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 no, which, so, we don't know whether it's the toilet, but they have all confirmed that that's happened. Yeah. She just one day left. She, she booked just herself a it. plane back, because she couldn't take it anymore. No I think that is the most incredible thing I've ever heard a 16-year-old do. Yeah. Leave a huge career that's... I mean, at that point, maybe they knew things were in trouble.
0: What it's been said, isn't it, is that she was... She had clinical depression. She was depressed. Yeah. And for someone so young to then be like, you know what, my health is more important I'm gonna leave so, i don't think at that
1: point she was aware of it i've got that later on because right, yeah. i think when she's leaving she doesn't know that she's depressed she knows she feels terrible and she can't take this anymore yes but it's not 2000, who knew what depression was then? Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's aware at this point. She's just deep. She doesn't
0: angry. have a name for it, but she knows. She knows she
1: doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, I, and I also feel like... So I've seen interviews where she's talking about uh, Keisha and Mutia have a secret language. And so they're very, very close. So do you know how the
1: secret language works? No. I do. Okay. Okay. not that they taught me, but I've just done enough research. So basically add ski to the end of every syllable. So, um, give us I might an example. Say, hi, Kaski Ranski. It's just me saying hi, Karen. Do
0: that again. Hi,
1: Kaski Ranski.
0: God, who could you be asked to work that? out? Oh, no,
1: Jesus. Wotski Wonski Dinski Nurski. Wotski Wonski Dinski's um, yeah. <laughs> Nurski. It's hard to do. See, how they got it really good. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to like like when I used to watch Harry at the Spy, yeah. like, my mind would be blown. Like, yeah. well, because
1: <laughs> Heidi later said she'd learnt to understand it but not speak it.
0: Right. Oh, so they did it for, in front of Heidi as well? Oh,
1: right? I think they probably still do it now.
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean... What's <laughs> Instagram live? But do you know what's really I'm, interesting? How similar we could argue that Siobhan and Heidi are, because they both, and you'll find this out later on, you'll both find out they left girl bands that were going to then become very successful. don't
1: ruin the Heidi episode
0: eh? I won't, I won't but what I mean is Siobhan probably thought this is the end for us, we were going to get dropped you know, our fourth single's bombed these two are being arseholes allegedly, you know Yeah, I mean, I was reading an interview quote which her being older and reflecting back Mm. but she basically said that uh, Keisha was the first bully of her life and she felt bullied by her I mean that's what's she said in the past, obviously now 20 years on, we're all moved on. But like, I definitely yeah. think
1: that was her perception at the time. Yeah. But the other thing that's going on is management. So what they've all said now and what they've been able to piece together as a threesome now that they're back together is that management were talking to them all the time and saying things like you should go solo oh do you know what this girl's been saying about you
0: so like driving that red
1: yeah which seems like an odd choice from management. maybe they wanted siobhan to go solo
0: or maybe Maybe they
1: weren't believing in the band at that point you know like if sales are going down and they're Uh. thinking of dropping them maybe they are thinking oh we want one to go solo
0: yeah or and, and it, it's, is it coincidental that Siobhan left to then come on later on to do a solo hair the same also,
1: tool. also, they're 14 to 16-year-old girls. Like, I remember my group of friends when I was 14 to mm-hmm. 16. I remember glamour. saying I was going to go kill Cassie Butler with a concrete slab and having to be talked down. Do
0: you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> And also, Stuff like that would have been ha- like th- yeah. people were dramatic at 14 15, It, it could yeah. have been a competitive edge as well. So it could have been like the record label wanted them to really come out their shell and be the best yeah. the element of each band. But also with Siobhan, I feel there could have been a bit of a competitive edge because in the Overload video, she's you know quite prominent, you know, it's her face you see the most of. Maybe there was a you know jealousy from the others, and the same the other
1: way from Siobhan as well, like you would you would be jealous of a friendship that's really close while you're on tour having all these like amazing experiences but that must be so lonely and isolating as well there is a crowd. it is it's yeah. not today it's not here yeah, <laughs> it's we're not fine. Right. so that's the legend she excuses herself to go for the toilet do you
0: know i read a report that, that was bullshit though
1: well i read G- mutia is quoted in the guardian as saying i hate her for running away and leaving herself She excused herself to go to the toilet. Why couldn't she have had the guts to tell us to our face what her problem was? No guts, that girl. I mean, she's 17, 18 at the time saying that. Of course, she's saying shady things like that. And I think everything we say, we have to take with a pinch of sugar, that (laughs) that these are young girls. These aren't, you know, late 20s, 30-year-olds, whatever, that are talking with any foresight and thought around what's happening. Or
0: knowing that that's going to be in print forever. Or context, Yeah, yeah. The For her part in the
1: same article though, Mitya says, oh no, Siobhan says, I've never said anything bad about them. I only talk about how things made me feel and I'm more entitled to do that. Fair enough. Which makes sense. She did later go on to tell Pop World, like you said, it was Keisha she didn't get on with. But it is a sisterly thing as well, you know. They later said, you know, being one of three sisters, I'm used to two ganging up at one, but at home, I always knew the dynamic would change. It was never the same two. Whereas in Sugar Babes, it was always those two and then me. Right. So I, she felt
0: like the third wheel, basically.
1: Yeah. But leaving Japan, how do you even book a plane? How does she even have access to money? It must have been family or something like. That's a crazy thing mm. to be able to. I know we can be like, oh, it's funny, and it is a standing joke, isn't it like every time we go to the toilet, oh, I'm doing a chiffon, but. The, the guts that, and the bravery of that mistake to okay. hey, make that choice at 16.
0: I suppose you wonder if they had minders or parents with them. Probably. You kind of hope so. So she would have gone, I want to go home. And, and did that, and did that scupper any sort of their Japanese chances at that point? Because, you know, did the other two carry on or did they then get flown home? I suppose you have to wonder if that had an impact on their career globally, you know, if they were over there. I imagine Luton.
1: they would carry on for a few days, you know, like they did when Jerry left, like, sound it out. Yeah. I wonder if they thought about staying as a duo? Mm. Yeah,
0: and you wonder why, why someone else was brought in as well. Could they have worked as a, a duo? Yeah, that is the thing.
1: I mean, when you've got a three-part harmony... (laughs) A a (laughs) wishes
0: ethic, you know?
1: Yeah, but the honeys always said that, didn't they? Like, when they brought in the really attractive girl instead of replacing her with a singer, the one that's not the main singer, I remember her on the big reunion being like, the problem when they brought her in was, yes, she was beautiful, but have you ever tried singing a three-part harmony with two people? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but truth, do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, truth, it's, it's true yeah. Let's take a break And um, when we come back We will be looking at the solo career of Siobhan From toilet to top of the pops <clears throat> <coughs> Um,
0: are oh, your friends sound?
1: Mine is mm. nope. <laughs> Nobody ever fucking calls me anyway oh.
0: Everyone that calls me is here. <laughs> Except if one of you did call me I'd shit myself back off my In fact I'd really fucking worry if, if you call me because you would have my <laughs> <knowledge>. <laughs>